What is shaking everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can go ahead and click subscribe on iTunes and click write a review. Give the show five stars if you feel that it is uh, deserving of so. And uh, that will directly help to contributing to the sustainability of the podcast. And it will also uh, it'll also help strangers find the podcast. It will help the the podcast to, to shoot up into the tops of the iTunes charts, which is uh, just really awesome for visibility and getting more exposure for the the folks that come on the podcast. So please go ahead, take a few minutes and uh, and do so. It doesn't take very long and it is incredibly helpful and I would appreciate the fuck out of it. You can also uh, check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances and uh dancablepresents.com is the central location to find all of the goods the fresh episode always pops up there as soon as it's uploaded and uh you can find the links to things like my my instagram which i am most active on that's at dancablepresents and uh the twitter at dancable and uh, you know you can you can join the Facebook group as well. Give the uh, the Facebook page a like. I'm not incredibly active on there, but it's a great place to uh, to find out about upcoming uh, events that I might be throwing, such as November 20th at the Doug Fur, the legendary Doug Fur Lounge. So pumped for uh, this live filming that we are doing over there. The lineup is absolutely stacked out with three of my favorite bands from Portland. We got Strange Hotels, we got Gold Casio and Autonomics. It's going to be it's going to be so killer and I'm so stoked that we're going to be throwing some film on that and uh tracking all the audio to produce some really dope videos to to present to everybody at the beginning of the year. And uh, you can look forward to some some future episodes with uh, those folks. We got Strange Hotels coming up very soon, and and we're gonna have Ariel from Gold Casio on the show, which is gonna be rad. And and hoping to catch up with the Autonomics folks as well, who were on episode seventy four, seventy six, somewhere around there. Yeah, they were a part of the last in-studio sessions that went on at Mountaineer Studios. So rest in peace, Mountaineer Studios over there in the Brooklyn neighborhood of Portland. But I'm super fired up for this show. It is also, if you're a fan of Gold Casio or you have not seen them yet or it's been a long time, I would I would definitely come out to this one because uh, it's going to be their last show in Portland until next summer as uh most of the members have have already moved out of state, so uh, this is going to be a super special night, and I 
just uh, I hope to see a lot of familiar faces out there at the Doug Fur on on November 20th. As far as other calendar dates, the uh, the Dan Cable Presents Holidays Party is uh, is coming at you soon as well. I'm doing three nights this year to celebrate the third annual Holidays Party. Super pumped on it. I am uh, I have not revealed the lineups for. For all of the nights yet, but December 1st at Turn, 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 you can mark that one down. We're going to have a really dope night of music going on there. We got Beige Radio from Seattle coming on. And uh, fan favorites of the, the podcast, Rare Monk. Rare Monk is on the bill and Small League Sink Ship. So that's going to be at Turn, 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 Night 1. Dan Cable presents Holidays Party on, uh, on December 1st. So... Uh, Come out to those shows. Come say what's up. And uh, let's see. Also, one other date before we uh, get into this episode with Evan Knapp. This coming Sunday, October 28th, at the Doug Fur here in Portland. Killer lineup of these are all folks that have uh, been on the podcast or have, are, are friends of the show. It is a uh, a single release show for a Debsy, who are just such an incredible band. My friends in Tribe Mars are on the bill. My dude Mike Capes is on the the bill, and uh, Mal London, who has been featured on this podcast a couple times. So I'm I'm super pumped for for that lineup there at uh, Doug Fur this Sunday, October 28th. So if you are a hip hop neo soul. All of that jazz. If you're fans of that, if that is your jam, then uh, I would encourage you to go check out that show on Sunday because it's going to be lights out. Anyway, we're going to get into this episode. Episode 133. I realized after having this chat with Evan Knapp the other night that it had been quite some time that I had actually done one of these uh these recorded chats with somebody because the last couple of weeks I've done playlist hangs just featuring a bunch of different artists which is always great and lots of fun for me to to do something like that but uh, yeah it's probably been a good six weeks or so since I've actually sat down and chatted with somebody just because the uh episodes prior to those hangs were uh had been kind of banked and, and put away for a bit. So it was uh, it was nice to sit down with Evan and, and talk to him about his, uh, his new EP, Green, that he just put out. We're going to feature some tracks from that. And it was cool to have Evan on the podcast for his own episode because he has been a guest on past episodes as more of a role player for other folks. He was, uh, and, w- and we mentioned this in the conversation, but he played... Uh, base for Yard Gypsy at the first ever live Dan Cable Presents podcast, which I think that one's still available. You can on iTunes. You can find the whatever the most recent hundred are on iTunes, and then the entire catalog is on the Podomatic, which is the host website. And um, so you can find that the live the live episode there. And then he also was in studio with Wim Grace which was such a rad episode. Love that chat with Wim. Um, he was there playing bass for Wim as well. So he's he's made a couple appearances. He's a big supporter of this thing. 
and uh, I have known him for a few years now, and I've I've kind of known him since the beginning of of starting to to put together events and and put together this podcast. So it was great to to sit down and and, and chat with Evan about the the record and and just. Also, just to uh, you know, get a little more background on him and and give him an opportunity to uh, to get on the mic and and do his thing. So, uh, shout out to Evan for for doing the thing and and uh, chatting it up with me. Enjoyed the uh, the hang as always, and I just think that it's uh, it's it's such a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to. Uh, to have known some of these musicians now for for two or three years and and have the opportunity to see them play a lot uh really gives me some insight on on the progression of uh of somebody's art and and Evan is often often somebody that I recognize as somebody that has has come so far since he he started playing music here in Portland and started really taking this thing seriously and He's a killer bass player. It's been rad to see him play with some some bands around town, but it's uh it's also just I think really special to get to see somebody, you know, fronting their own project and and really sharing their creative ideas with with people and we we talked about the importance of that a bit in the conversation and uh yeah, man, that's it. I hope everybody hope everybody's doing well out there, you know, the uh tell you what the clouds and the rain have have started to roll in here in the pacific northwest and uh that can be sort of a a difficult uh time to adjust to especially now that i've been here for uh i guess this will be like my sixth fall and winter near nearing my my six year mark here of being up here in portland oregon and i think the first two years I didn't mind the rain at all. It doesn't didn't bother me, but now uh, you know some of the uh, the fresh charm has has worn off, and uh, now I'm starting to get a little a uh, little irritated sometimes by this by this rain. But you know it's it's uh it's all good. It's it's a time to uh, kind of hide away and work on projects indoors, I suppose. But uh, I'm super pumped for for all of the all the shows coming up. Don't forget. Like I said, November twentieth. That's a that's a big one for me. The live filmings. It's always rad when a bunch of people come out for those live filmings, so we can make those those videos look extra rad, and and also gives people an opportunity to be a part of uh, be a part of those videos. You know, maybe you see your face in one of those videos in a crowd shot or something like that. And uh, yeah, stoked for that. And. Uh, can't believe we're cruising up on on another year here. So, thank you, uh, thank you for for tuning in once again. Much love to the uh, the longtime supporters, hundred and thirty plus episodes deep, and uh, don't forget to leave those iTunes reviews. Super important, and uh, just much appreciated and much love to everybody out there. Big hugs to uh, all the people going through some shit right now and. And big hugs to everybody, cause everybody needs uh, everybody needs some love. Anyhow, this is uh, this is it, everybody. This is episode one hundred and thirty-three coming at you. I'll put all the links 
in the episode notes so you can keep up with Evan, you can keep up with the podcast and all things good with that. Episode 133, Evan Knapp. We're kicking it off with a track off of his uh, his newly released Green EP, and this song is called Today. Let's get into it.
you ready? Are you ready, Evan Knapp? I think so. For your appearance here on the, on the program. <laughs> um, yeah, man. This is like you like you just said a moment ago before we got on the mics here. This is like kind of a a long time coming. Um, For sure, like and, two and, and a half years. I think I think right? even well even more because I I know that I've known you for at least three years now because you started coming to that open mic uh-huh. that I was hosting and that was three years ago. This is true because the ins- yeah like it's like late 2015. Yeah, like I the in- the inception of like this podcast was like at the tail end of 2015. So that's that's when I started doing that open mic over at Rock Bottom, and then you started showing up. Yeah, and uh, now we're here three years later, <laughs> and you just put out this EP called Green. And that is correct. Um, I'll just start by telling you that it was it was a real pleasure for me to be at that release show and to walk into a room that was absolutely packed out and and even at it was at capacity you know like you sold out your (laughs) your ep release show yes on a thursday night and uh i was super pumped for you thank you man yeah and it's it's just it's just always so cool for me to to get to walk into a room that's full when my friends are playing music Uh you know because we've all played the the empty shows oh for sure and We've all been to those where you were scarred. Yeah. And and you've, (laughs) you've been to those shows where either your friends are playing or a local musician that you enjoy quite a bit and they're playing to very few people and you're just like, I don't understand why there isn't more people here. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't think people understand what they are, are missing out on, but, uh, it was just incredibly dope to, to walk into this room and and for the the person at the door to be like, I don't even know if I can let you in. We're we're at capacity <laughs> right now, like, and and I was like, No, I'm I'm going to see this show. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. No. <laughs> but yeah. Do you know? Who, I'm on the list, man. I'm on the guest list. But I just yeah, I just wanted to start off there by by just saying that that was so rad, man, and it it's. It's very cool for me because I have seen the progression of what you have done mm-hmm. in this last three years, and I've seen you play a few times now with the, in this with this live band. Uh-huh. You know, different different folks in that rotation, but um, yeah, it's just rad to to kind of see where your tunes have you know started from and and where they are now, and and just the overall vibe of of your stage presence and whatnot is is just. Uh, yeah, it's just miles away from from where where it started. <laughs> Thank it you, seems. man. And uh, it's it's funny because you know that at that open mic when I was the uh, the featured art one of, you know one of the first featured artists or whatever. Uh, that was really one of the first shows where I like wrote down what I was gonna say, and that was basically <laughs> my first show. It wasn't really like a show, but it was like my first show. It was your first time playing like more than like two songs at the, at an open mic, yeah. you know, and being able to tell people, "Hey, I'm going to play a set tonight." Yeah, exactly. I think that was one of that was one of my favorite parts of that, but about that open mic was was having those featured sets. Uh-huh. And that that was something I definitely wanted to 
incorporate into that open mic setting of of having one or two of these featured artists every week you know yeah um now a lot of people are copying that (laughs) and also (laughs) you unknowingly um you were you were kind of sneaking into that open mic you were not even of age (laughs) to be there because i it was just so funny that's right because i remember after that just just talking to you about certain things and you just be like, oh, I can't even go to that. And I was just like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 21. It's <laughs> like, oh, I, all this time you were just sneaking into this open mic. Yeah, I still have that growler. I, I mean, I drank the beer, but I won a growler of beer. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, went, you sure did. When I was underage, uh, no one questioned it though. You yeah. just showed up, and and also I think that's just uh, the environment of of a rock bottom brewery or something like that where maybe you can get away with that a little a little more you know people people don't ask questions as much at a place like that Mm -hmm. um did you know anybody that was going to that open mic or did you just kind of show up i'm not sure i can't actually remember um i know brian bays went there yeah he was one of the first dudes i met in town um Maybe it was Curtis Reynolds. I think he, I think it was Curtis Reynolds. I think he told me he was playing there. Yeah, for sure. And I went to go see him because I remember walking outside and like because they had they had like the microphones like playing outside of the restaurant and I heard it as I was walking in. Yeah, right on. Um, so let let's take it back before I met you three years ago. You grew up in New York, right? Yeah, upstate New York. So like farm, like on a farm? Yeah, exactly, an organic farm. For sure. And w- so when when do you get into the music thing? I get into the music thing. Um, both my brothers started playing guitar. Okay. Um, and... Older brothers? Yeah, two. I have two older brothers. Oh, yeah. um, and... My middle brother Blaze took it a little bit farther than my older brother Casey did. And Blaze ended up getting like an electric guitar for Christmas or something. And I was learning the euphonium and beginning band. Are you familiar with the euphonium? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is at all. It's it's like I'm not gonna pretend I do either. It's 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 also called a baritone sometimes. It's like a, it's basically a trombone without the slide. It's like, they also call it the mini tuba. Okay. Anyway, I was, uh, so I learned how to read bass clef and my brother was um, already learning how to play guitar. So it just kind of made sense for me to learn how to play bass, I guess. Once I found out that that was like an instrument. For sure. I always remember listening. um, One of the first bands I got really into was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I remember listening to the song called By the Way. And I'm like, what is that like really low thing that's like happening? And my brothers are like, that's a bass guitar. That kind of intrigued you? (laughs) Yeah. No, it really did. like figuring out how to to create that somewhere in music. Um, Yeah. Were you always kind of searching out music and or, or was like, were your parent, did your parents turn you on to a lot of things as a kid was it was there that kind of environment or was it more of like older brothers showing you tunes 
It was a little bit of both. In terms of like me actually like really getting into music is my older brother Casey. Uh my you know, my parents were always playing like Dave Matthews band and uh like Neil Young, Carlos Santana. Little. Just really living that hippie organic farm Pretty life. much. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> now, if you ever heard of a, a band called Little Feet, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my parents yeah. love Little Feet for sure. Um, but it's like I always enjoyed it, but it, it didn't like quite resonate with me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I really don't know how my brother found all this music. I, maybe it's just like because like MTV and like TRL were like, yeah, that was like a that was definitely <laughs> that was a big deal. Yeah, you know, like, and it wasn't looked down upon to be into like whatever MTV was putting yeah, out yeah, on TRL. Like, like that was uh, that was like definitely a thing where I would come home from school most days and watch the TRL countdown, and yeah, and, and you would see so much different music on there. Mm-hmm. It was pretty well rounded, actually. Yeah, thinking back on it, but when you started. Like when you started recognizing like the tones of the bass and whatnot, did you just ask if you could get a bass then after that? Um, I, all right. So I had a friend named, uh, I, I had a friend named Zach Fritz who I don't, I don't remember how this came about, but, his dad like used to play bass or something and I really don't remember. Maybe I was just telling him that I wanted to learn and it ended up happening that way. But I think knowing what I know now about how instruments look, I think it was a Rickenbacker. Okay. Um, it was terrible. The action was so high. The strings were probably like 20 years old. Um, it was really hard to play, but I got like, yeah, that's what I had. Like, that's what I learned to play on before I actually like bought my first like Fender starter kit. <laughs> had you had you like messed around with your brother's guitars at all? There's like, I had because I originally like my mom had actually signed the three of us up for guitar lessons, and it was just like I was like really small. I don't know, and like. I couldn't like play this like big acoustic guitar and I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't su- that super into it. And then like the ukulele came into the picture somehow. And then I also ended up not really fine with that. Um, and I don't like when I think back, I can't actually like remember the exact progression, but no there. And I tried a lot of times um, to try and get into the guitar before I actually did um which was in ninth grade i wanted to try out for jazz band the high school jazz band and um there was already a bassist which is like my thing but blaze just kind of showed me some jazz chords on uh on guitar and like some some basic just like movable shapes and i was like really bad at playing jazz like i still am but i I was just like reading chords off of a page but that's kind of how i learned how to play guitar for sure but when you when you like picked up the bass though like oh my bad my bad no no you're (laughs) you're good you're good i'm just um 
did did that click in a different way for you when you started playing that? It did and it didn't uh because it, it took me a really long time to like actually learn how to play and learn what to play um just in terms of like the guitar is playing a d chord so you have you you have this choice of notes as a basis to play to make that sound good um I'm sorry. What was the original question? Oh, I was just <laughs> curious if, if there was if that was like you know a big turning point for you when you when you actually picked up the bass and that's like where you grow this strong love for music. But yeah. So so where where does like where when is the the breaking point where you kind of just like fall in love with music and that that becomes what you're devoting a lot of your time to? Um, because it seems to me from an outside perspective that you kind of came to Portland in some ways to play a lot of music, right? Yeah. Is that, is that true? No, that's true. Okay, yeah. so so when do you kind of hit this breaking point with music where it becomes super important to you? Uh-huh. Um, probably getting into John Mayer. Okay. Um, is, that, is that in high school still for you? Yeah. Okay. Last year, high school. Um. It's hard it's hard to talk about in a way that like doesn't sound cliche, I guess. Because right. it's just he like, you know, the words in his songs like I just they just resonated with me. Yeah, just connected uh, heavy for you. Yeah. Specific like the moment was probably like no such thing when he's talking about like high school. And like I kinda couldn't stand high school. Um and just yeah, just talking about the educational system, and that that's not something that, like I think a whole lot about anymore. But um, yeah, that song really did it for me. And then and then I bought that album, and it was one of those things where like that album actually took a second to click in. Like I listened to it a few times, and I wasn't super into it. But then it's just like one line would hit my ear just right, and then I'd like look up the whole song and be like, oh shit, I know what he's talking about. Um, and it was that, and it's just like every time I went to learn like how to play them on guitar, I'm like, these are really cool compositions. Um, he's using chords or chord voicings that like I've never seen before. Um, and that's always been like, I don't know. I guess w one of the things that drew me, I guess, to get like, that I always enjoyed about guitar was like trying to find just like different chords. I don't know. Um, I would go to open mics and just see people using the same like open guitar chords, like, which is like great. That's like its own thing. But I really wanted to find something that was like, that maybe I could call my own. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. It's the crazy thing about John Mayer for, I think for a lot of people, the casual listener, or maybe somebody that hasn't gone real heavy into his catalog and kind of like just knows songs like Your Body is a Wonderland and, yeah. and things of that nature. Um, it's He's kind of like that that dude that you don't know is this unreal musician yeah. until, you know, years later 
when he start when when people start saying, "Hey, John Mayer's, you know, maybe one of the the best guitar players of of all time," and, yeah. and now you see him like doing the Dead and Company thing, and, exactly. and that probably sheds a little more light on on that. And then also him doing that trio stuff that he did, yeah, kind of just shows off like, oh, this dude's an unreal musician, yeah. you know, because on on records he he writes these these pretty pop you know just pop. yeah these pop tunes that are very like palatable yeah and and you know he i th- i think the thing that like i have learned over time though of going deeper on some of those records is like you can hear his touch though mm-hmm. like on the guitar and yeah. that that shit is special absolutely um and i think it's interesting so so kind of diving into those tunes and and learning how to actually play those songs that's what kind of like sparked it in you to maybe start writing some some tunes of your own that's what made me want to start writing songs um and i couldn't i don't know it was really hard for me to actually like write songs um and yeah i don't know i don't yeah the first the first tune i wrote was actually uh after kind of like getting rejected at prom, uh, and that <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't like talking about it because it just like sounds so cliche. I no, guess it's <laughs> the best, dude. But um, this is your story, you know. I like, suppose it's I suppose. Uh, it's okay if it's cliche. <laughs> like I don't know, some things are just cliche. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was just like. There was just like this like sadness that like I couldn't like cope with, and again like I just don't like I just feel like this is so cliche, <laughs> but but and I felt a thousand times better after I wrote this tune, and it wasn't like I just wrote it like that. I really had to sit down and like refine these lyrics. Like I kept writing shit, and I'm like, no, that's not what I mean, um, and that's kind of still how I write songs today, I guess. But, um, I, yeah, I wrote one song and I didn't write anything for like a year or a year and a half after that. Um, because I, I just didn't have anything that was like bringing me to that place, I guess. And I didn't really know how to write songs unless I was like feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you like needed it. Yeah. But that's like the, that's the, uh, that's the beautiful thing about songwriting, you know, like you were, you were saying is, is that was, that was your coping mechanism for yeah. this difficult thing that you're encountering, mm-hmm. like cliche or not, you know, that that is, <laughs> I have to believe. And, and just from talking to people about writing music so much, you know, like that, that is, that is a huge coping mechanism from uh-huh. so many people. And, and I think, a part of that is because you do have so much time to like reflect on this this thing that yeah. has fueled you to you know want to write this song and like you were saying you you have a you spend a lot of time with that mm-hmm. that that incident or that relationship or whatever you spend so much time kind of breaking it down into these these lyrics that you want to perfect and whatnot so i i think it just gives you a lot of time to reflect upon this incident makes it easier to deal with in that way yeah um but 
Yeah, I'm not, I don't. I don't even know where I, where I was going with that. Now but chilling. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am chilling. Yeah, I am. I'm straight chilling. But I just think that's cool that 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 is you know that you found some peace doing so. And yeah. And um, did you? You said it, it took you a while to to kind of find the n- the next tune after that. Yeah, until the next heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> um, so were you were you messing ar- like after you had had written that first song? Were you messing around a lot with the the guitar? Or were yeah, you just kind of playing like learning other people's songs. I guess yeah, mostly learning other people's songs. Just like really spending like I spent a lot of time like dissecting john mayer's playing not not necessarily his lead playing i'm still not that i i tried doing the lead guitar thing and i i don't know it's just not right for me right now you're not there yet <laughs> yeah you're not there yet um but but just as far as like his his compositions yeah and stuff like that and it, like his acoustic technique like this really like percussive kind of thing that he does and um i just love watching him like play these acoustic solos where it's like he'd be playing the bass notes and like doing a I don't know like if you can watch uh I don't know that neon I don't know if you know the song neon not um, off the top of my head uh, that's fine but there, yeah there's a version where he does that live at like the Nokia theater and he's just he's playing the bass line as he's soloing he also does that again I'm not a huge fan of like your body is a wonderland as a song but he does some cool solos like uh on the Grammys from like two thousand one or two thousand two or something. He has a killer guitar solo in there. Um yeah. I spent a lot of time kinda emulating that. Yeah. And did did that help you start just kind of finding all these different chords that you could use yeah, within sure. your own compositions? Yeah, it increased my vocabulary a lot. Yeah, that's the crazy um, thing about just like spending some time working on some covers. Like even last, like a few days ago, I uh-huh. was learning how to play a song, and it just opened my eyes to these other chords that work together. Yeah. And then, you know, a few days later, I'm I'm writing a song of my own and incorporating one or two of those chords. Exactly. Because you you just you just learn that they they do work together yeah. in some way, and you're not. You know, it's not it's not a direct rip off or anything. It's mm-hmm. just learning. Oh, these things work together. Yeah, you know? and and I can work them, make them work together in something of my own. Exactly. For sure. That's how it goes. <laughs> so after after kind of getting heavy into the the John Mayer stuff, were you also starting to to seek out more music on your own as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, I guess up until John Mayer, like I would get into like one band, like, I don't know. We said Red Hot Chili Peppers. I also got really into like Sublime and like Arctic Monkeys. I mean, all sorts of stuff, but, uh, when I, I don't know, I would get into these bands and I would only want to listen to things that like sounded exactly like that band. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, no, that makes sense. But you find yeah. something you dig and you want more of it. Exactly. You know? um, but yeah, I would just hear I would just hear John Mayer talk about different uh, different artists that influence him, or he he just he talks a, about other musicians a lot, and 
and other albums, and I would just kind of kind of go down that, that rabbit hole yeah. of of just stuff that you know is influencing him exactly for sure. And uh, so was there kind of this this moment where you figured out that you wanted to devote a heavy amount of time to this after writing a song of your own and and learning a bunch of other people's songs once i wrote the first song yeah <laughs> no it's actually like insane how i've like i i chose to do this with my life at least thus far off of like one thing that, that just, happened, you know what I mean? Yeah, it just gripped you in heavy once you got into the like, the process. Yeah, and it wasn't even like I wrote a bunch of songs after that. I was like, I just like, no, I did this one thing. And I don't know. I guess it's not necessarily that. I mean, like I, I had grown up wanting to play music. um, But now it seemed like, oh, this is like something that I could actually like do. I don't know. Um. I would just always picture myself on stage, but it never really seemed like attainable. Yeah. I guess. You know what I mean? I understand that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's cool that it was that powerful of a thing for you that, oh, for sure. you know, once it clicked, you're just like, Oh yeah, I can do this. I want to do this. Exactly. Exactly. So after kind of graduating high school, that was, that was, your plan to just dedicate as much time as possible to learning how to play or, or what? Um, after high school, I actually, I, um, I spent a year in Switzerland as an exchange student. Um, and I, I actually had mixed feelings about it. Not because I was going to live on a different continent for a year, but I was like, should I like, just be doing music right now like should i just be playing around like the syracuse area um and that i don't know that was something that i did i did contemplate but it's like at a certain point you're like i'm only this age once and like i might never get that that opportunity to travel again yeah. i mean and I'm, there were all sorts of, of of other reasons that that i went to live there for a year but it was always kind of part of the plan, I think, music. And I I did apply to college and I did get in, but I I just didn't foresee myself enjoying it. I I did well in school, but I didn't like it. Yeah. And I felt like I learned so much more on my exchange year than I could have ever learned in a classroom. And I kind of wanted to stay on that trajectory. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah. So I guess for, for a short while, there there was like a time that I thought I might go to school, but I, I ended up deferring and moving to Portland. And then I deferred again, and they're like, no, nah, we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> so. Yeah. So So after you got back to Switzerland or back from Switzerland, uh -huh. were you looking for just to get out of New York and be somewhere new? I Yeah, I really wanted to kind of start my own life. Because yeah. um, you ended up actually riding your bike from Salt Lake City. That's correct. To Portland, right? 
Yeah, that was something that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Okay, first, yeah. What what inspires you to not just move to Portland, but to ride your bike from (laughs) from Salt Lake City? Uh, I should have prepared for this question. You're all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I. Is Portland Portland was your destination? Like, yeah. Like oh, I'm going to move to Portland. Yeah. Okay. Um and I it's cuz the original plan was to actually bike from New York to Portland. But I had I had come back. Let's see. I came back from Switzerland in July I think of 2014 and I had like I had come home and found an internet, or I'm sorry, a, uh, an apartment on Craigslist and and signed up for that. And I had to be there in like October. And I'm like, I don't have the time. And I also don't have the money to like, because I didn't really camp. I went in motels because my dad actually did a similar trip when he was younger. Um, and he just talked about people who didn't do that and of like getting lice and stuff. So I'm like, I'm trying to like be able to shower every night. Yeah, for sure. Um, but just do it a little more comfortably. As to why, yeah. But as to why I did it, um, I think I really just wanted a challenge. And it's like, you know, I had just lived, I had just lived a year in Switzerland. I had like kind of integrated myself into a different culture and I, I learned the language and I, I just wanted, I guess I just wanted, this is me speaking from like my current perspective. So I'm not, (laughs) yeah, no, no, but, um, that's all you have. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) I guess I just wanted to challenge myself in as many ways as possible. Um, and like how many miles were you riding a day? Um, I averaged around 60 or 70, I think. Uh, there's probably one, there might've been one day that I, I got lost or something that I was over a hundred. So um, how many, how many days did it take you? 10 days. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Life changing though? For sure. For sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, that's kind of <laughs> silly. Like obviously that no. like, has an impact on you, but. Yeah, was that really just a whole lot of time to reflect upon? A lot of, lot of reflection time. And also to, uh, you know, just envision what you were coming to Portland for and whatnot? Kind of. I didn't have the best, I didn't have the clearest vision, which is why it's taken me four years, I guess, to get to this point um, where I'm releasing music. But... Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a good trip. For sure. It was a good bike. Yeah. It was a struggle. It is a struggle. Yeah, what was like the the uh, gnarliest thing you encountered on that on that track here? The gnarliest thing um probably just like almost getting lost in the desert like kind of and uh I just come to the end of this road and I didn't have like a smartphone. I had like a flip phone 
Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Not a flip phone, but like like the keyboard yeah, flip out thing. For you know sure. Talking about. And so I was like printing out all my directions on like Google Maps. Um, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't actually like look at any of the directions until the day of. And I noticed as I pulled up to this one road, it, it stops like giving specific directions for like roads and things. And it just said, turn left, turn right. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, I had turned onto this road and it like stopped. It it turned it, there was like no more pavement, it was just like a dirt road. Um, and there was a dude out there like rolling dirt or something. I don't know what people do out there, but (laughs) (laughs) doing desert stuff, yeah, just doing desert stuff. And um, I showed him my directions. He's like, no, man, like, don't go in there like i've seen people go in and not <laughs> come back out <laughs> it's like a horror movie <laughs> yeah yeah um but i don't know man it was just like i look back and that shit was insane that like i even thought about doing that like i didn't even train for this thing like i really i took like two bike rides uh between coming back from switzerland and leaving so you, one was like 30 miles and one was like maybe 50. I was like not, I did not train. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and did you find yourself in a lot of spots where there wasn't really a choice to not keep going? I mean, what could I have done? You know what I mean? No, just as far as like, I, I don't know. I would imagine if you're, if you're not set up for camping. Uh-huh. And you do need to get to a place to sleep. Uh-huh. You have to get to the next city, so you yeah. can't just you can't just like, you can't just stop wherever you want. Yeah, you don't like how <laughs> that's <laughs> wild, dude. Um, yeah, man, it was a trip, literally and figuratively. So why did you, why did you uh, why would why did you pick Portland as as your destination for this thing? Um. Like, did you know anybody here? Or no, I didn't. Did you hear I, that it was? Yeah, I just heard good things about the music scene. I I knew it was a bike town, and like, I couldn't really like afford a car at that point. I still can't. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, just uh, it just seemed like a relatively affordable place. Like, you know can't move to san francisco i i if i could afford to live in new york i totally would have moved there because i could have gotten the culture from the city and been around family because I have, I have a lot of family who lives down there but um i don't know it just seemed like a like a a feasible next choice you yeah. know what i mean and growing up on the farm was that like is it was it pretty gnarly like culture shock for you to be living in a city um i think i think portland's a nice it's, you know it's not like a city city yeah it's like a small city um still has like so a small it, town it, it, it was an, sometimes. yeah it was a nice transition not a whole lot of culture shock i guess yeah or just being around that many people all the time or or was that also the situation in sweden where there where there was or Switzerland, rather. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like I I I lived about like half a mile outside of Syracuse. Okay, so I wasn't so you like that. Like in some like crazy small town. Culturally, I wasn't super isolated, but like there are a lot of times growing up where it's like I couldn't. You know, I I live very much in the country and I can't drive or if I can drive, it's like not until 9 p.m. or it's not I can't drive after 9 p.m. Um, so it was like, I don't know, as I said the other night, it, it was cool being that young and being like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, you can just you walk there mean? or bike yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And did you... uh did you jump into playing open mics as soon as you could? Or as much as I could, uh, you know, there there were a lot of places that wouldn't let me in. Yeah. Uh, Firkin Tavern was one of those places where it's like, if you don't make eye contact with the bartender, you're kind of chill. <laughs> <laughs> so you just started finding all the places that they weren't really heavily carding people. Yeah, pretty much. Because I don't know. Is there any... All ages open mics? You know, there was one at the 1905 okay. host by Jacob Westfall. I'm not sure if that's still there. It's not something I super keep up with because I'm not a minor anymore. Yeah. Did you just roll out here with an acoustic guitar then on your back or what? I had a, I had a backpack um, with just like what I needed. But you, you, you know had a I guitar mean? on you as well? No, I didn't. Did my, you... my parents ended up okay. shipping like... My guitar, my computer, and for sure, yeah. You didn't just put that all on no, the bike. That would have been <laughs> <rad> though. <laughs> just biking <laughs> sixty miles every day with a, a guitar on your yeah. back, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, and it was. I don't know. It was just a very slow transition. I f- I still feel like I'm transitioning. I guess in in terms of like being a musician, there's just been so many times where I, I feel like I start to know what I'm doing and then I'm like, no, nah, that's not it. Well, you know, that's life. Yeah. Just in general, you know, yeah. you think you got to hold on to something <laughs> and then it completely flips, it flips upside down. Exactly. Right. You know, I, I thought I was going to move out here and be able to like put on a good show with just like, me and my acoustic guitar and like have people give a fuck. Um, and I was wrong (laughs) (laughs) to start out with at least, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and, and just, you just gotta, I think put the time in of, of not only in your own space, but it's a whole different thing when you step up on a stage and, and start playing in front of people. Yeah. It's never quite the same as it is when you're playing alone. Mm-hmm. So that's easy yeah you know because you can make all the mistakes you want uh-huh. there and i think it's easy to to kind of sit there in your own space and and think about what you're gonna say up there on stage <laughs> and then you get up there and everything you're just like oh this is much different okay see that's what was very different about the release show i i guess now that i'm really starting to put a lot of time into promoting my shows and not just like texting people the day before and hoping that they come out um, is I, I kind of can depend on there being at least like 30 people. And when you know there's going to be people there, that's just what sucks about playing empty rooms is like you can plan shit, but like 
it doesn't always have it the same effect when it's an because there's empty no room. one there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and there's no reason for you to like yeah. jump into this big explanation about this tune that you're about to get to, into to, to the bartender. Yeah. Like, you know, to only the bartender. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, man. Yeah, and um, where was I going with this? Oh, you're just talking about how how it's kind of a different approach when you when you do know people are going to be yeah in the room and like i just like this was the first show that like as soon as my roommate would leave like i would not only practice the songs but i would say out loud what i was going to say so that by the time i was on stage it would be like i wouldn't have to think about yeah, it yeah it's second nature yeah and that like that almost gave me like additional confidence to like say shit that I hadn't planned and not have it sound super awkward. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I think that that is one of my, my compliments of your, your live show. Thank you. you know, man. Because I, I, ha- I've seen you play. Not only did I have the opportunity to see you play on a weekly basis when that open mic was going on, but then, you know, I started seeing, your solo sets yeah. at different places mm-hmm. and you and I even shared a bill a couple times at different yeah. spots around town. So, you know, I would see you play <laughs> a lot and, and I think that that, that, that album really show, you know, you just, you just kind of, you really like held your own as, as someone that was, you know, the front man of this thing. Uh-huh. And then just, uh, just the way you went about speaking with the crowd and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you could just tell that you, you would put a lot of time in, you know, and you've you, done it a lot. And, and, you know, you, f- you have learned a lot from, you know, the past performances and, and how to talk Absolutely. in front of people, not only play the music, but figure out how to create a set that flows and things like that. Yeah. And I take a lot of pride in that because I just go to a lot of shows that I don't really want to say it, but like, I guess aren't entertaining. You know what I mean? And I don't, I I guess for me, it's like, if I'm taking this much time and I'm asking people to spend their free time with me on a Thursday night, it's like, I better at least be entertaining because if they don't like my music, then I'm wasting their time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of feed off that pressure, I guess. And I would also, sense. I would also imagine that the shows that you don't go to or that you do go to that aren't boring to you or don't provide you with like a lot of entertainment have had a huge impact on you. Yes. And, <laughs> Like, I don't know how, as far as Portland locals, mm-hmm. how much has seeing bands like Tribe Mars and Adverse and the like things like that and the pariahs, uh-huh. like when you see, yeah. when you see things like that, like how much has that kind of impacted your, your lens on, on how to put together, you know, a live show that's actually like really captivating. Uh-huh. A lot. And it's. It's crazy because like those bands 
I feel I guess I've only seen the prize lab once and that was a while ago for but sure they they killed it and I feel like those are bands that can like do it with just the music you know what I mean it's like they don't have to have that banter no that, that yeah. is like not not part of it really yeah you know? like it's um, it's all just we're going to put on this amazing show because yeah. we're just gonna play these tunes but it's also just like the way they create the show, you know, exactly. and and the set and everything that that makes that work that way too. Exactly. Um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for all three of those bands. Um. For sure, <laughs> I, just, I just know, you know, I I remember like seeing you at those like adverse shows or like a Tri Mars show. Yeah, like maybe even seeing like you like see tribe mars for the first time yeah. just be like dude what i was the like fuck? yo <laughs> it's like, it like yeah and i know <laughs> I, this is what i've been trying to tell people <laughs> yeah yeah um man i would love to see adverse effects live again it'll happen yeah it'll be in a different you know era of of how that thing works out but yeah. it's gonna happen that's one of my favorite local records is uh, a good problem to have yeah effects. shout out to the the adverse gang and <laughs> yeah you know, r.i.p boyd it's, it's crazy that it's been been in like a year it's since yeah halloween happened. last year huh um that was a little earlier than that was it yeah like it's definitely it's definitely uh i think maybe uh, if I it wasn't the 31st i think it was the 30th because it was be a wrong. halloween show did you were you there Oh, that's right. At, uh, well, there was like that Halloween Kennedy show with Falconheart. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it was, like it was sometime in October, but uh-huh. um, and it was just because they have all these Halloween songs. It was just like yeah, I mean, not sure. all these Halloween it's songs, just, but like yeah, vibes. they could be it Halloween works. vibes. You it know? works. Well, I'm yeah, I remember even when they came on on the on the program there, <laughs> uh, they they were like, oh, can we rock this Hall- Halloween yeah. jam? Because it yeah. was it was around that time exactly when they had come in as well. Um, so, like, fast forward to you getting through, like, the open mic phase and you're starting to play sets and everything. Mm-hmm. Did you realize pretty quickly that you wanted to kind of have a band around you and not just have it be this this solo acoustic thing? I did not. <laughs> and it's... Well, it's just crazy because like, yeah, I I would do, I would play solo at like open mic nights. Um, And then I met Sal and we started doing like the class act kind of thing. And then that kind of like, I think we both just kind of mutually agreed that uh, that was much less a duo than it was two singer songwriters. You know, we weren't writing together. Yeah. And You're just playing each other's songs. Yeah. And we didn't really, I don't know. It, it was just, we, both of us, I don't want to speak for Sal, but it almost seemed like both of us were afraid to commit. Yeah. Because we're like, these are our songs. For sure. You know what yeah, I that mean? That makes sense. Um, so that kind of, and it, didn't damage the friendship at all um clearly yeah (laughs) um but it's like i had gone through that and then i was like yeah i kind of want to go solo i'd I'd always kind of dabbled in the looper stuff um pretty inspired by kind of what ed sheeran was doing um 
And it's like for a while I thought that was going to be my act. And then I started playing with a bunch of bands. I don't know if you remember the band phase. When you uh, were like playing yeah, I was playing in with other a lot people's of bands. bands. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've you've uh you've made appearances on this on this program. Yeah. You know, you were part of the first live podcast. You played bass for Yard Gypsy. That's right. That night and then you came in the studio with Wim Grace. That's correct. And I, you know, I've seen you play with Sal a bunch. Uh-huh. Salvatore Manalo, who Shout you can find on, uh, <laughs> he was the first episode of this year. It's somewhere in the 90s. I don't remember the specific. But it's, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, you usually play with Sal. Yeah. Play bass for him. Uh-huh. Or you're just playing bass for all these people. Yeah. Mostly. Pretty gritty one time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm still kind of down. I'm not really like joining bands anymore. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> I guess I've, I don't know. I guess deep down, I've always known that like I want to write songs. I mean, not always, but since I started writing songs, I've known that I want to write songs, and uh, I was just. In, in all the bands that, you know, I, I, I guess I joined, I just don't know. Like, I just, I never wrote with these bands, and I never felt, like, I guess, comfortable to write. And I was never asked to write. Yeah, you're just a role, you're just a role player. Like, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're just a player in the band, which yeah. is, like, pretty common, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, but it wasn't fulfilling the, the creative aspect for you? Not quite. And it's just... If there had been any progression with any of the bands, it's with the band, it's like if everyone's not all in, then they're all out. Kind of. It's really hard to get like yeah. four adults who For all sure. have different working schedules. Yeah. Everybody's got like, life. Yeah. That's like doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it does, but like it's it's but it's, it's hard. It, it's uh you know. I think that was uh, speaking from an outside perspective. That seemed like a, like an important time for you too, yeah. when you were playing a lot, like with other people. Also, just like showed like that you're pretty bitching bass player, dude. Like, it <laughs> was you, like man. I don't know. I you know saw you play your own song so much, and usually playing guitar. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'd pick up the bass. Uh huh. But I think that that's when that really started to shine, though. Yeah. That, you know. It's it's so rad that like you know band like pretty gritty uh-huh. you know asked you to be a part yeah, of that, that album really show you know and and because you know they're just great people yeah Sarah and Blaine you know shout out killer but, killer musicians but killer like that and yeah. and you know this is this is their shit you know like they don't have day jobs you mm-hmm. know they're like working musicians yeah so to have somebody like that ask you <laughs> to be a part of of like an album release show mm-hmm. as a full band, you know, that's, that's, I think that's a big deal. Like that's a, that's a solid accomplishment Absolutely. for you. Like, you know, Absolutely. I actually met Blaine at that open mic. Yeah. Same. Uh, at the rock bottom open mic. Um, and so would you say playing in those bands made you want to have more players around you in for some live shows or at least you know, I a think handful so. of them or, or special shows? Yeah. Um, 
gosh, I'm trying to think of when I, when I actually made the decision to start playing with other people. Um, no, it, it definitely did. Um, and it was just, it was a really great experience being with all these different bands because I got to learn as someone who's working, I guess, for someone else, what I do and don't like in a band leader or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where is I going with this? <laughs> you were hopefully going to tell me about how you came to the, uh, the idea that you would like some other people up on stage with you to, to play these tunes. Yeah. Um, or like when you, when you went in to make these, the, like to lay down these tracks and record some tunes of your own and actually put some music out. Did you know that you wanted to have full production on all the songs? I did. Okay. Um, I just think about all of my favorite local releases. And yeah, I just always gravitated towards the full production. Just like just the vocals and like acoustic guitar, piano. Like it's good, but like none of my favorite songs like pretty much ever have been. Well, yeah, especially for someone like you, like who was heavily and is like heavily inspired by a dude like Mayer. Yeah, like you have also picked up a lot of rhythm in your playing, so Mm -hmm. like that that lends itself to having more production and and just makes it you know yeah brings out more of the song. Yeah, yes. Um, but yeah, I knew the whole time that I wanted to do full production. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Once you once you started hearing, hearing that stuff, with like a band though, because like I don't know, you've played what like three shows with a band, maybe more. <sighs> a I, more. I've seen probably you. Like I've seen you play three shows with the band. Yeah, so that, like so that's all. Of them. <laughs> that's all. Only the ones that I've been to. Yeah. Count. No, but like once you started doing that, did did that feel right or? make you want to do that more often you know it it did um it did i don't know it just added an extra dimension to my songs and i felt like it also helped add like a different dynamic like i could have this like nice full sound and then i don't know in most of my shows in the middle i kind of strip down to acoustic yeah just to add like and that's usually kind of like lyrically i guess the most intense part of the show um but it helped yeah it just helped add a dynamic to my show for sure i guess add another layer to um yeah yeah right on and then it's it's cool with the bass thing because some people like only know me as a bassist and some people only know me as a guitarist um yeah so you can jump on both yeah which is rad and like one of the in you know in that live show you can hold down the bass end and then you can kind of kick everybody off stage and just like play some solo acoustic yeah. tunes and, and work your looping off, pedal, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just all been a, a progression. Like, you know, I, I would see 
I would see John Mayer play acoustic guitar and I'm like, I want to do that. And then I would see Ed Sheeran create an entire show with just a loop pedal. And I'm like, I want to do that. And then, you know, I would see someone, I don't know, really influenced by Flea on the bass end and like Victor Wu. And I, you know who Joe Dart is from Wolfpack? Uh, yeah. I just see them do it. And I'm like, man, I want to do the bass thing. Um, and I just think that there's there's no reason I can't do all of those things, e- even in the same show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that that's, you know, something that I think makes your show now and what it will continue to evolve into. Like, that's what will make it compelling because you can do some different things, you know? Uh-huh. There are going to be different just different layers to what to what you're doing you know it's exactly. not going to be just you necessarily up yeah. there with an acoustic or it's mm-hmm. not going to be just you playing the bass it's, it's maybe going to be a lot of these things yeah they're, they're all just kind of tools yeah tools in a box you know right on dude you want to uh let's let's get into what i uh think is easy to recognize as as the crowd favorite and like the the evan knapp banger at this point is this uh this frosted flakes tune let's do it yeah for sure (laughs) this is uh this is off the the green ep that you can uh find on all of the streaming services evan knapp's on the on the program finally (laughs) and uh yeah this is jam's called frosted flakes cool My roommate's been saying for a while Dude, get some new shoes, Vans are what you gotta buy I said two years has been a long time I think you're right then, I could use some new style So I'm biking it down to the mall With shoes so old, soles get wet First when the rain falls, I bought the first thing I saw Some kicks so sick, you'd say that they're off the wall And as I'm on my way back to my ride See this chick rocking ahead above her eyebrow I'm thinking to myself I gotta ask her out Cause it'll be never if it ain't right Now I'll walk up to her say hi What do you think about going out sometimes? She says to me well sounds fine Just give me a place and a date and a time Tell her downtown 45 fast eight. So short, text her on Friday to confirm she says she's feeling sick. Cause I don't mean to cause no harm, just maybe go on a couple of dates. And if we find the vibing right, maybe take it back to my place. Wake up from the morning light, maybe make us some pancakes. We're never gonna see because you are what you eat So enjoy them frosted flakes See, normally that would have been it But she can't call her out for being sick Does she think that I got lip wrists? Just shake it off, proceed to persist I'm gonna let it sit, a few days and I'll try again I'm gonna let it sit, to show that I got patience I'm gonna let it sit, to build anticipation And in the meantime, I'll plan my operation I'll wait to text her, hey All the way until the next Thursday Just to give this kick time to fake She said it once, she said it again 
And come that day on the bench I sit Someone's at my ain't and I ain't it Phone in hand, no messages No shit spice is all you get It's clear to me If she was serious she'd be here I'd be delirious to believe She needs another chance don't mean to cause no harm Just maybe go on a couple of dates And if we find a vibing vibe Maybe take it back to my place Wake up from the morning light Maybe make us some pancakes But we're never gonna see Because you are what you eat So enjoy them frosted flakes A job to accumulate some payment I ain't well off but it covers the rent I'm all about the promo You know I'm never content Because of that I respect the management Well a couple days passed As I'm leaving work She texts back saying she was a jerk Excuse was her phone was dead And she'd like to like to like to try again Well could I take back what I said I mean she's still a perfect 10 Though she's warned me before of a car that doesn't exist Another job is scheduled, I'm completely clueless I guess I'll go regardless, it's worth it, she promised I'll leave work early just to meet her, got my boss pissed Well, guess what, when I pull out my phone She says, got no bad must false phone Oh well, I'm gonna go find someone else Let me know next time just how great those frosted flakes taste Cause I don't mean to cause no harm Just maybe go on a couple of dates If we find the vibing vibe Maybe take it back to my place Wake up from the morning light Maybe make us some pancakes But we're never gonna see Because you are what you eat So enjoy them frosted flakes So all the all the all the songs on uh, on the EP, they all kind of take place in a chunk of time for you. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of pre moving to Portland? Most of them. Um, it covers it covers parts of Switzerland and like coming home and the bike ride and like moving here. Yeah. And then, like, kind of getting my feet underneath me in that, in that aspect, I guess. And then, the actual CD form that you you put out for it kind of goes in that order. Yeah, that's correct. Yep, that's rad. Thank you. Just kind of tells <laughs> tells the story that way. Yeah, yeah. But then you were telling me on the like the more digitized version that you uh-huh. can find on, you know, like Spotify and iTunes, mm-hmm. you went with a different placement. Yeah, yeah. I just figured that, like, the people who know me through, like, live show and basically, like, yeah, just the people who know me and listen to my music um, are probably going to be more receptive to how those relate to my life and, I guess, my story. And I just figure, like, if I wanted to send this to someone who's, like, never heard my music... Um, and might not care about my story, I'll just send them to Spotify. They'll hear the best songs first. 
and I don't necessarily have to worry about it. You know what I mean? No, that's I yeah. think that's a I think that's a a very cool way of doing it, and it's Thanks. also taking advantage of having two different platforms for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you do, I don't know, maybe somebody actually buying an album or a CD from you is going to take the time to listen to it front to back and see how things make sense. Exactly. But I like, I really, yeah, dude, I just think that's a cool way of taking advantage of the platforms you know? and, and, and recognizing exactly what you said, you know, maybe, maybe let's just put some of the bangers right up front for the digitized version for anybody that's just checking this out my music maybe for the first time exactly exactly and i've got the extra song on the physical copy as well um which is also on Bandcamp. um and i i also chose to do i also chose to do the full version in that order on Bandcamp just for the people who might be interested in it and aren't like you know don't live in portland and can't pick up a cd yeah absolutely there's there's also digital liner notes um i made a pdf for that that you get when you get it on Bandcamp. Um, and you made this record with our friend Sal. I did. And he <laughs> he engineered it? Yeah, um, yeah, he, so we, I recorded a lot of it here, but um, we also recorded vocals and kind of the, the fix-ins, if you will, <laughs> um, over at his place in Aloha. Um, so yeah, we recorded it together, we produced it together, and he did all of the mixing and mastering. Yeah, he did a he did a solid job. He did a killer yeah, job. Yeah, dude, it sounds <laughs> it sounds great. Shout out to Sal. Yeah, how how important has Sal been or how how important was Sal to this process? And then just how important has Sal Sal's presence in your life just been to you? as a musician and just like as a person? Oh man. I mean, he's just my best friend out here. Um, and yeah, just seeing him, uh, start to, you know, play all the instruments on these tunes that he's releasing and doing all of the mixing and the mastering, um, and having it sound great. I'm like, I don't, you're talking about on some of his own music? Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, on yeah. some of his own music. Um, it just made me realize I don't necessarily need to go to a studio where I have an engineer kind of, not breathing down my back, but like, you know, I, I, I've been in studio situations where it's like, all right, let's do one more take, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure the engineer doesn't care, but like, just i just get a lot more peace of mind recording at my own pace yeah and you know for sure man there's a lot less pressure in that and then also there's there's room there's just more room for you to do whatever you want to do without having to be feel like you're a burden to somebody else or having to spend like the hourly dollars that go into a studio yes yeah. And uh uh what was I going to say? Um Yeah, and just I was going to have someone else produce it, but then I'm like no one really like 
probably knows me better than Sal, musically at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. And uh, and I'm like, there's no one that I would rather work with and there's no one I trust more than him. So it just kind of made sense. Yeah, somebody that you could like really trust in his his ideas maybe yeah. as well. Yeah, someone who could basically hold my hand through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I guess, you know, and I originally was going to go into a studio and I ended up, I was just working on the demos and I noticed I was just kind of like, I don't know. It's almost like, you know, I, I would hear something in my in my head and I'd go to record it and I'd be like, all right, that does not sound either how I wanted it to or good, you know, I'm like, there's something wrong about it. So it's like, I'd have to re-record it. Um, and yeah, I, I was making these demos and I, I almost started doing like the production kind of work, some of it at least by myself. And I'm like, I could just kind of, and that, that was around the time that Sal was starting to re- release his own singles. And I'm like, why don't like, I just kind of finally put two and two together. I'm like, let's just do this together. And he was down with it, um, and yeah, was he kinda, was he good about just kind of being an extra set of ears and and being able yeah. to tell you what was and what wasn't working? Yeah, absolutely. And th- there's one tune uh, called "Matter of Thought" that would have turned out way different um, if it wasn't for for Sal's input. And yeah, Sal's just got such a killer ear for writing. These yeah hooky <laughs> you know you're telling me songs. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and uh yeah, yeah and he, he played all the lead guitar on, well the majority i did the majority of the rhythm guitar he did the majority of lead but there is a tiny bit of crossover um and i'm just i'm proud of it you know yeah absolutely man and, I, and um you had the opportunity to bring some of the some other Portland players that you you dig mm-hmm. a lot and put them on here too. Like I know we were just listening to that that track, the windmill track that's not on the uh, digital version of like Spotify and iTunes, uh-huh. but like that's got a cool feature from from Paul Parisa. Yeah, love Paul. And then <laughs> yeah, who who else played or or he contributed? was the only one actually. So it was everything else. Everything was me else and Sal. is you and Sal. Yeah, that's that's wild, dude. Yeah. Um, and that's what you can do these days, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, as far, like once you started hearing everything with the production on and everything, did it, did it kind of, did it change at all the way that you decided to, that you wanted to kind of present it in the live format? Yeah. And it's tough. I still don't quite have all those logistics worked out. Um, it definitely worked at the release show cause I had like four people backing me. Yeah. You had, but I can't had, always afford yeah. that. <laughs> you had such a rad band too. You had Thank you. Matt Brewster yeah. who plays, uh, a lot with Larissa Birdseye uh-huh. and he crushes on bass. And then you had Ian Harris from yeah. Onion the Man. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, it's <laughs> all just like that. That was, that was such a rad lineup. And then, you know, Sal's going to kill it yeah. on mason martell on guitar from, uh, yeah 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 and 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 just with the backup vocals yeah you know? which is 
just adding those extra dimensions. Yeah, and who who played drums that uh, night? Dude named Mason Martell. That was the only person I didn't know mm-hmm. who From, that was. Uh, Brizzle Man and Easy There Tiger. Okay. Yeah. For sure. I know yeah. you've been. I don't know. I love Brizzle Man. Yeah, you've been even definitely championing the the Brizzle Man there. <laughs> I haven't seen him play yet. Should I, I keep hearing you should, you should. Like, great things about it? Yeah. Now it's funny because that name sounds like kind of like a folk thing i don't know what it, i don't, it's I don't like, know it's like it's like kind of disco yeah no <laughs> it like, doesn't sound like, like folk R&B. no yeah. i don't know i guess that's that's the vibe i always get when i hear like brizzle man but yeah no some heavy grooves in that band yeah do you also feel like you've kind of found your scene of of portland musicians that that you like to be around and and put together bills with now for sure because i remember maybe like a year and a half ago playing a set with you or or seeing you play a set and you were just kind of at that point kind of talking to me about how you kind of hadn't felt like you were you were finding this group of people do you Uh remember that like maybe not that exact question Uh or that conversation rather but like at that point because i remember I don't know. You were playing with a lot of music. Like I'm 10 years older than you. Uh-huh. So, and you were playing with a lot of people that were much older than you. Yeah. And you, I don't know, you hadn't really yeah. found that, that group of people that you've, you felt like. Yeah. Were, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. But that, that seems like the time that you started meeting people like Ian from Onion. Yeah. And started hanging around like folks like that. Yeah. A lot of, it's a great younger generation that's moving into Portland, and yeah, like uh, all those dudes from from Brizzle Man, a lot, a lot of cats from uh, from PSU. Yeah, like, uh, you know Lee for sure, and, uh, Lee Hauser, and just yeah, a lot of people that are kind of in that pop and R and B, yeah, and and hip hop world, yeah, yeah, for sure. So do you feel like you've you've kind of found a little more community in that, and kind of found more kind of carved out mm-hmm. more of your own space yeah yeah i mean i'm I'm definitely always open to meet new people and, yeah yeah you know, for sure stuff, but, but no yeah for sure feeling more comfortable in that though yeah yeah right yeah. on yeah no <laughs> i don't know man it's just like it seems that way and then like i see the the musicians that you're surrounding yourself with or like the bills that you're on or bills that sal's on because you you're usually playing like if, if sal's playing a full band show mm-hmm. that that means that you're probably playing bass for him yeah you know yeah. so i don't know it just seems like you you guys are like finding the right people like, mm-hmm. like stephanie kitson yeah yeah, yeah. you know She's killer right. musician yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right on dude well the live show though that live show i don't know circling back to where we started your your album release show was uh very impressive to me and thank you and man. it just it just showed how much time you put in to creating it and mm-hmm. then just also how much i don't know how much time you've you've spent just kind of continuing to perfect your your craft as a musician you know you just presented yourself so well and it was it, i think 
it was just rad to see you incorporate all those things we talked about too mm-hmm. because you know you you played the songs with the band but then at, at a certain point you you took the stage alone mm-hmm. and i think throwing down that spoken word <laughs> in the midst of that was uh was very cool man you you threw down like this whole this whole poetry thank you and, and this whole spoken word thing that you know tied in to the show mm-hmm. and i think that is like displays this crazy vulnerability to just be <laughs> up there with the mic and and doing that you know yeah like it doesn't it, to me it doesn't get too much more vulnerable just being up there with the mic and yeah. no no music behind you and and just just I just love that you're trying things, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like in front of people. <laughs> Cause that's not easy to do. It's just like I'm no. I'm just gonna go ahead and do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like and it was obviously like well rehearsed, mm-hmm. like you were saying, you know, you spent a lot of time rehearsing for that show, not just the music, but but how it would all work together. Yes. And yes. then to see you go from that to something like building a beat in front of everybody mm-hmm. with the looping pedal so mm-hmm. then you're and then you're implementing the looping that you've you know been doing for a long time yeah and and showing people that that skill that mm-hmm. you have you know yeah. just just displaying all these these different tools <laughs> that you have now and and different things that you've worked on and i think that's really that's really cool to show people how how you can make a beat in front mm-hmm. of them i think it blows a lot of people away, especially if they've ever seen that happen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this dude, Howie Day, was the first person I ever saw kind of dip into the looping Howie pedal. Howie Day, really? Yeah, dude. You should... I'm going to send you some things to check out <laughs> just because like, the things that he does with the looping pedal is is so rad. Like, is he, he plays the Collide a, guy? Yeah, but he wow. plays a majority of his shows solo <laughs> acoustic. Really? And he is so good with the looping, dude. Huh. And yeah, it's fun for me to watch you do stuff like that and just like build a beat and and because uh, you know that that takes precision to make mm-hmm. that happen correctly. Yeah, you, know, you can't. <laughs> you have to be in time to yeah. make that happen. Um, and I don't know. It just shows a whole different layer of things and a whole different dynamic uh-huh. when you when you do something like that and also. Just the storytelling, like your your ability to tell stories is getting better and better, like in between. You know? Thank you, man. And and I th- I always love when people do that sort of thing in the like mm-hmm. if it if it has the right place because I yeah. just think that it gives people more of a reason to attach themselves to a song. Yeah. You know, when they when they can hear the story behind it. Mm-hmm. So that's super rad. Yeah, and. I guess given how like the the full version with the extra song like just uh, just evolved, it made for a really easy way to build that into my show, you know. Yeah, what's it like? There's there was a couple songs where you stepped away from an instrument completely and just uh-huh. like let the band do the thing, and you're yeah. just up there with the mic in hand, you know. It was great. What is that? What is, <laughs> yeah? What is that experience like for you? Like, is it, is that freeing to a certain degree to, it's, to just be able to focus on, on singing the song? Yes. It's very freeing. Um, 
and it's just a lot of fun um you know since since playing with a band offers a whole new set of challenges you know managing people that kind of thing um and a lot of the shows that i've played with bands like there's been more people but like i haven't been super pumped after the show um just like on a like fulfilled soul kind of kind of thing but um no i love i love doing that I, I love being able to step away um just like let loose kind of like show some of my personality i guess yeah man you know? and that's another thing i had to practice it's like what do i do with my hands when they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're not holding the guitar um yeah absolutely so what uh, was it walking right away from other shows in the past and not necessarily being fulfilled by them what like what was your feeling walking away from that album release show i killed it <laughs> and that that's well that's not something that i say though that like i ever say but <laughs> you, i felt really you just good did. You, you just did you just <laughs> did say that you killed it i felt really it's good on about the mic that show. no no that's that's <laughs> awesome that you felt that way um yeah thank you yeah was it <laughs> Was it overwhelming to like see that many people roll out and sure. and yes. support? No, like I felt like I was gonna throw up for a second before, and then I put the guitar on and I'm like, I have rehearsed this so much, like I have nothing to worry about. That's right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and it was cool, man, to to see your parents come all the way out from New York and they surprised yeah. you. No, like yes, they were just there at the venue, right? <laughs> when you just, when you showed up. Yeah, yeah. I went around in the back on the patio to like put my stuff and you know where you put like your equipment and my parents were just there. <laughs> you just have to do like a double take real yeah, quick. Yeah. Um that was surreal, man. Cuz they haven't even been out here together yet. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> a, that, that was like another added element to to like the joy I got out of watching that show is that you know, your parents show up for something like that. And I think that that must've been incredibly rad for them to see not just the show, but to see a packed out room for it as well, yeah. you know, and see all these people show up to support. Yeah. You know? Straight up. Like that's the best show I think I've ever played. And like, I was just pumped that of all the shows that I've played since I've been here, that's the one that they were here for. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, well, what would you say your biggest takeaway from like this experience of finally putting some tunes out is and kind of having this release show and, and getting all of it done and, and finally <laughs> having some, some music to share with people. Um, it's extremely fulfilling. Um, and it just makes me want to keep doing it. You know, these songs are all very old. Yeah, I know you have a um, you have a lot more. I have quite a quite a backlog at this at this point. And I want to get my next release. I'm aiming for like early early summer next year. And I want to see if I can maybe get like, you know, one one out each year kind of catch up from here on out, but like I just I finally feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that's not something I've been able to say for like maybe my whole life. 
Yeah, do you feel like it's just kind of freeing to finally get these songs out of your system and and not just have them yeah sitting around? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's freeing being able to say that, you know, I I I pretty much designed this whole thing. I guess the whole physical CD myself, I also put a lot of work into that. Um and it's just you know, again with the cliches, but I'm, I am I just think it's really cool that we live in a time where we can do this without a label. You know what I mean? Yeah, to, to just be able to put out music and, yeah. and share it kind of worldwide. Yeah, like imagine, I can't remember having listened to pretty much every podcast. I can't quite remember it. I, <laughs> your, your parents were not musicians. Correct. Imagine if your dad like released an EP when he was 22 and he just had that to share with you. Right. Like that's something that's going to be possible now. Yeah, no, no, for sure, man. I I mean, I think about that with, with all of this stuff, like the podcast and and music that I've released in the past or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, I just, I love the idea of having so much documentation of a life and like just also yeah. just you know these snapshots yeah like you're saying like this is your this is your thing that you can like look back upon yourself or you know kids in the future or friends in the future and be like yo this is what i was doing when i was 22 yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly absolutely man um well it's it's rad man it's thank you it's very cool to uh to just kind of see the progression and I'm I'm super pumped to see just how it further continues to evolve just just from you know what I've seen in the last couple years and then and seeing this live show kind of I don't know just come together and 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 just how you're you're just exploring different things and mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of stoked to see like the chances that you continue to take and and show people these different yeah. things, you know, cuz yeah, like I said, the the release show is just definitely a a very great performance and and a well thought out show. Thank so, you. like just yeah. keep doing what you're doing, man. Thanks. Yeah. You know? And that's like in my head, that's, I guess that's just how I've always wanted it to be. I've like always wanted to put on shows like that. And it's just taken me this long to be able to, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just like, you know, I'm, I just feel like I'm finally there. Yeah. Or at least I can be, you know. For sure. Uh, I mean, it takes time and yeah, dude, you're, you're 22. You're, you're, <laughs> you know, you're young in this and like, yeah. and I think you're obviously putting in the work and and i think the experimenting with different things is just gonna continue to help you figure out like where you're supposed to be and what you want it to be and and all that jazz so thank you yeah Yeah. dude i'm glad that we finally got to you know have an evan knapp episode yeah the podcast and and i super just like appreciate your support for for this podcast dude Absolutely, like i know man. you i know you listen frequently and mm-hmm. and uh it's it's dope and i i appreciate your support just as much yeah so. man right on it's uh yeah <laughs> um we're gonna play it out with uh 
the the second to last jam that's on the the physical album the last jam that is on <laughs> the uh the digitized <laughs> no no it's not i'm a liar i'm a liar it is it is the second to last song on the on the uh on the the physical album and is the third song on the digitized i guess today yes. right i think that's the third song i can't the, i think it's the first on the digital it's fine it doesn't matter <laughs> is it i think well yeah i'm a liar god <laughs> damn it dude this is so confusing two no, different yeah yeah we're not even today was the first song that i played actually oh today okay what that was the first what song are you i'm gonna play it out with take your time okay right on third Let's song on the digital no, last no okay song yes on the physical. i'm sorry yeah that is there the we third. go okay it's all figured out now <laughs> um you gotta you gotta sail us out properly though you gotta give us the uh the it's the evan nap it's a program so we can uh, get out of here properly you know before you came there was a favorite episode i I just can't remember which one it was i thought it was like the sous chef one or maybe that block building one it was somewhere around there i couldn't find it as you were as you were coming here today but he said it has been, it is, and it will be a program. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a program? It's a program. <laughs> <laughs> That's Evan Knapp, everybody. Uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in. And uh, Evan's, Evan's record is, is available all over, and I will make sure all the links are in place. And, uh, yeah, this is Take Your Time, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Push the clutch I let my mind wander but it went too far There's so much I need to get done but don't know where to start I emulate All of my idols but I've hit a wall Concentrate so frustrated, give my babe a call and I say I'm behind Every day is a chance and now I'm wasting mine And she says, change your mind You've got your whole life to live, I think you're doing just fine And I say, you're right I've just got to focus on what's most important, she says Take your time, your opportunity will arise here Could play better than me when he was 17, oh she Says don't compare yourself to others if you want to be happy That's what we all want, isn't that what we all want, happy? Said, isn't that what we all want? But I still say, I'm behind Every day is a chance and now I'm wasting mine And she says, change your mind You've got your whole life to live, I think you're doing just fine And I say you're right I've just got to focus on what's most important She says, take your time Your opportunity will arise
Every day is a chance and now I'm wasting mine And she says, change your mind You've got your whole life to live I think you're doing just fine And I say, you're right I've just got to focus on what's most important She says, take your time Your opportunity will arise I think you're doing just fine Your opportunity will arise This has been Dick Hills, It's a program.